All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome once again to Invest Wisely with Walt Sukera of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Washington, Pennsylvania. Walt is live and direct today talking about the market, stocks and investing and how the AKW Group invests their clients' money in individual stock portfolios of directly owned stocks and kind of shares in the stock market. So if you have any questions about the market, about uh, how the AKW invests their clients' money or how they do business, give us a call. Talk to Walt this half hour at 330 330- Six seven three one two three four. That's out of Akron. Toll free. It's eight hundred six six nine four one hundred. That includes on WNIR. Well, well, last week, of course, was a short trade week with a good Friday off, but we ended the first quarter uh, kind of lackluster, and it was a couple of days at the end of the first quarter, and then suddenly, poof, on the beginning of the second quarter on April Fool's Day, the market hot, hot again. More records were set. Uh, the, the optimism kind of returned. So why did you see the market last week? Hey, good morning, Bob. First of all, I'd just like to wish you a happy Easter and all the listeners out there as well. But, uh, yeah, last week was a, a very interesting week again. Um, the S&P topped the 4,000 mark for the first time, uh, finished the week up a 1.1%, and the year-to-date, that S&P is up over 7%. Uh, the NASDAQ last week uh, had a pretty good week. It was up about 2.6%, and again, year-to-date, we're at 459 uh, the Dow Jones Industrial was up only 0.2% for the week, but again, kind of leading those indexes right now at an 8.3% return uh, so far year-to-date. And then the Russell 2000 actually was up last week as well, up 1.5%. And those small mid-caps, uh, as measured by that Russell 2000, are up 14% for the year. So, uh, you know, we saw a good end of the first quarter uh, you know, after last year's uh, run-up, you know, any type of positivity here is welcome. Uh, you know, again, we're we're building into the narrative that the economy is recovering and, you know, the vaccines are getting done out there and COVID's getting under control and there's good earnings and good potential ahead. And uh, we're hoping that the market continues to, to push forward. And again, it's Coming up some uh, against some headwinds, you know, there are some uh, walls of worry out there. So, uh, you know, lot, lots to pay attention to and think about as, as we, you know, are here on this Easter Sunday. We had you know, bits of good news last week. Uh, hiring was up uh, across the country. But uh, still, as Wall Street looks at, at COVID, a year into COVID now, the vaccines are out there. People are getting them. Uh, we're hoping that there will be some sort of a herd immunity. But on the other hand, we also see cases not really going down. And increasing in some areas. So, you know, what do you think their long-term view is going to be of this? Are they truly optimistic this will be the beginning of the end, or is there some concern that this is not going to end as uh, quickly as we thought? 
I mean, there's optimism, Bob. I mean, we, we have about 31% of the population now that have one dose of the vaccine in them. We have about 18% of the population that's vaccinated. Um, you know, we, we do see some different variants going on out there. Um, but overall, I think the, the positivity is that, yeah, it's, it's getting under control. Um, as, you know, as things reopen, again, there, we run the risk of, you know, some spread and some infections. So, again, some of the numbers will, you know, probably vary through, through the cycle here. But overall, I think there is a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things to look at. Uh, we did get some statistics, um, you know, kind of calculated over the, uh, the last week from the Centers of Disease Control. And, you know, coronavirus ranked third. And deaths in the United States last year, 375,000 deaths in 2020. Um, heart disease and cancer were still the number one and two leaders as far as, uh, you know, causes of death uh, here in the United States. But, you know, overall, as we look out again, we, we have some reasons to believe that uh, that herd immunity will reach maybe sometime late summer, early fall. And, uh, you know, the world should start to feel a little bit different than what it has for this last year. Another big piece of news last week, uh, legislatively, the president announced the uh, infrastructure plan that people were talking about, the part one, uh, $2.3, $2.3 trillion over 10 years, uh, fundamentally dedicated to rebuilding uh, bridges and roads and uh, ports and the uh, crumbling infrastructure of the country. Uh, how do the markets react to that? Yeah, well, we haven't seen this kind of stimulus in infrastructure since the 1950s, Bob. And uh, as you said, $600 billion of this is dedicated towards roads, bridges, public, public transit. Um, about $374 billion will go towards technology, uh, building out a better broadband network, moderate, modernizing the electrical grid, clean energy storage, uh, electrical vehicles. Uh, $480 billion will go towards U.S. manufacturing and, and R&D. Uh, to make improvements and then bring some of those processes up to date. Another $500 billion is uh, thought to go towards caregiving and workforce development. So uh, this, is, this will bring out the knives in Congress. I mean, now that it's out there, you know, they got to figure out how to pay for it. And, um, you know, <laughs> paying for it is always the challenge. So uh, you're going to see a lot of uh, political posturing going back and forth and, uh, you know, probably a lot of news, uh, you know, as far as tax increases will start to come out. Um, the thing about this type of stimulus, Bob, is a little bit more messy. You know, it's not distributed evenly uh, like uh, like the stimulus package with everybody getting a certain amount of money. It's you know, it's got to be distributed to states and localities. It's uh, there's a lot of zoning and you know different issues that uh, environmental issues that you run into depending on different states I mean, and localities that you're dealing with. So there'll be a long-term benefit to this. It's probably much needed. I think overall economists are looking at this as very positive, but it'll take time. I mean, it's going to take a number of years. It's like a, it's kind of more like a slow drip from an IV. You know, it's, it's going to be continuous over time. And, and again, hopefully it'll provide some real support to the economy as we go forward. Now, the president was very honest about uh, paying for this. He uh, came right out and said that, hey, there's going to be a bill for this due. And uh, they plan to pay for it by, by raising taxes. The one uh, issue that came out would be to uh, raise the corporate income tax. Uh, that had been lowered from 35 to 21 percent uh, with that tax bill that was passed in the last administration. So talking about possibly 28 percent on a corporate uh, income tax. And again, that's a, about somewhere in between where it was before and where it is right now. But it's still higher than the 21 percent. Uh, what, what do you think that's going to mean for uh, for businesses? And uh, do you think actually that 28 percent figure might get whittled down a bit as the negotiations continue? Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch, Bob. I mean, it, the reality of it is, I mean, when you do the numbers and 
you know, if you really put a, a pen and pencil to this and do the math, you realize how difficult it is uh, to, to pay for these types of bills. You know, when you're adding trillion, a trillion dollars here and a trillion dollars there, um, you know, when you when you talk about some of these increases, you know, it's like uh, trying to fill a swimming pool with a teaspoon. Um, you know, if you if you, the, the, some of these, just to give you an example, you know, raising the top marginal tax rate on on high tax earners from thirty seven back to thirty nine, uh, that only brings in twenty billion dollars a year. Um, if you uh, the middle bracket thirty five to thirty nine, if you took that up, that would only be thirteen billion dollars a year. So. Uh, you know, even if even if you were super aggressive and you took all those big, you know, those those the high tax earners, those high income earners, and you went to a hundred percent tax, you'd only talk about six hundred and eighty one billion. So, you, you have to tax it at a lot of different levels. So, I think the thought is the top tax rate will go back up, the cor- cor- corporate tax rate will go back up. Uh, they're talking about a capital gains tax uh, being raised. Uh, they're talking about a lower exemption for estate taxes. Uh, you know, getting rid of, rid of the step-up uh, basis for, for death assets, um, you know, there's the step-up basis, and even taxing auto mileage. And, and all these things have to be taken somewhat seriously because to pay for the debt that we have, that's, those are all probably viable options that have to be considered. I had a professor many years ago tell us, again, that uh, you know, primarily you know, where the money is with the middle class. And you talk about taxes, you can talk about raising taxes on the wealthy or the corporations, but where they really make the money in taxes is the middle class. And that's where the dough is. And, you know, as they say, follow the money. And if they're looking for you know, significant amounts of money to pay for not only what's happening now, but what's what they want to do in the future, you got to sit down and think, hey, you know, it's going to come down to each and every one of us at some point. Because that, again, is where the, the aggregate is where the dough is. So that's something that's going to have to be uh, weighed. And, uh, again, the public will have to weigh the benefits versus uh, the cost, like anything else when they go to the store. How much is it worth to you? How much you want to pay for it? Do you really want it? And I think that will be the discussion going on for some time, I think, before anything actually happens on this. Uh, and you mentioned the national debt. This has been another issue. All my life I've heard about the national debt. And, uh, you know, they've had, what you start on, I think, on billboards in the Times Square. They had a thing that ranked up the national debt every day. Now it's online. You can go to usdebtclock.org and see it ranking up every day. At this point, we have $28 trillion in debt. And that, in effect, is, is bonds that we have sold in the market. That's over 120% of the gross domestic product. That has been a you know, long-time worry of economists. How much of a worry is it now to uh, the serious investor? Bob, you know, debt is, is not a big issue. Um, you know, debt is never an issue. The, the ability to service debt is the issue. Uh, so as long as you can service debt, um, you know, it's, it, sometimes it's a stimulant. It, it can add. You know, we see a lot of uh, corporations use debt. We saw a lot of wealthy individuals use debt. I mean, especially with debt having such a low price tag on it right now, you know, interest rates are extremely low. So, uh, you know, you can use other people's money, and as long as you can service it, that's the key. Um, you know, the fear of the U.S., you know, it's, it's a perennial entity, Bob. It's not going to go away. So, uh, you know, it, they, they have the ability to print. They have the ability to, you know, to roll the debt. Um, no, they're never going to pay the debt off. And if you go back in time, you know, when my father was born in 1932, uh, there was $20 billion of, of national debt. In 1965, when I was born, there was $317 billion in national debt. When my son was born in 1993, there was $4.4 trillion dollars. Of national debt in 2011, when my grandson was born, there's 14.7 trillion dollars in national debt. 
Um, you know, we've seen other times in history where we've gotten debt up back in uh, coming out of World War II and the Truman presidency. You know, he faced, uh, you know, national debt, 118% of GDP. Uh, we're at the same levels. And we basically grew our way out of that by, by you know, the economy uh, being strong. You know, so, so as long as we can service the debt, you know, we can come out of it. Um, we went through an unprecedented time. It'll be interesting to see. But in the wall of worry, you know, national debt is way down the list. I mean, it's probably in the hundreds or lower, right, as far as concerns that I think institutional investors have. The other real worry that is uh, way up there is that continued concern about inflation. As the economy heats up and demand for goods increases, yeah, again, the common laws of, uh, of economics is going to be inflation. Now, what are the, any thoughts about this past week about inflation or things our listeners should know about? Yeah, about, you know, continuing to look at this inflationary, you know, again, most of the, um, you know, the Gen Xers and the Millennials have never even experienced uh, inflation. You know, you got to kind of get into our age group to, to have people that kind of know what inflation's all about. But, you know, core inflation, you know, depending on what measure you look at, if you look at PCE, it's at one and a half percent. If you look at CPI, it's at 1.68 percent. Uh, the flat five-year inflation expectation, which we talked about, is around 2.49. Uh, so these aren't really high levels. And, and what you have to remember about inflation, too, is it, it's an average price. Um, so there's a lot of things that are cheaper. You know, I mean, if you think about TVs or uh, computers or cell phones, you know, those all keep going down because of innovation and competition. Uh, where we've seen the most, uh, you know, the highest rises in, in prices, there's things like hospital services and medical care. College tuition was off the charts for a long period of time. Um, you know, child care, nursery schools. I mean, there's all kinds of things that they go in different directions. So everybody has their own inflation rate. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. Again, it's, it's something the, the market is worrying about. It's something the bond investors are worrying about. Um, but again, overall, you know, I, I think inflation, it'll, it'll be, we know we're going to have some big numbers just because of the comparisons from last year. Um, Again, uh, federal chairman Jerome Powell's done a really good job, you know, kind of telling everybody, hey, these numbers are going to look bad for the next couple quarters. Uh, so I think we have to take all of this with some common sense, and uh, we have to think longer term and see if this economy can recover and, and move forward. And it may not be as big a concern as a lot of people are worrying about today. But if uh, some investors are worried about inflation, what are some appropriate investments that are best suited for a time of inflated prices? Well, it's funny, Bob, you know, we always talk about stocks as being one of the best investments, uh, again, you know, as far as uh, uh, to, to outpace inflation over time. Um, you know, real estate, uh, maybe, maybe looking at some commodities. There's, there's different options, different asset classes that, you know, perform better in inflationary times. But I, I wouldn't, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and just, you know, kind of change the way you've been investing. I mean, I think, uh, you know, common stock investing, what we do still has uh, some real, uh, you know, I think positive, uh, you know, outlooks as we look through the end of this year and going into the future. We're talking live to Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron and in Washington, Pennsylvania. It's a time to talk about stocks and stock talk. If you have any questions for Walt about specific stocks that you are looking at, 
you've been following, reading about maybe, uh, maybe you have in your own portfolio or, or in the portfolios you might already have with AKW Group, give us a call. Talk to Walt. Ask those questions. Six at 673-1234 locally. 330-673-1234. And if you're listening online over there in Western PA, call us toll-free. 800-669-4100. Lines are open. Welcome your calls here on this Easter Sunday. 330-673-1234. 800 800- Six six nine four one hundred. Let's talk about one of the stocks in your empowering women portfolio, Lululemon. They reported uh, some good earnings, but uh, also gave a few uh, warnings about the uh, rest of twenty twenty one. What is going on there, and are you still uh, bullish on that stock? Yeah, but we we like the stock as we look out over the three to five year time frame. They recovered, um, you know, somewhat. We saw a quarter where they put up a twenty four percent sales increase. Um, they did a one point seven billion. Uh, for the quarter, um, you know, compared to last year, and a 13% uh, earnings increase, uh, they they have some momentum. But at the same time, they said you know that the physical stores are still struggling. Um, and again, a lot of it has to do with the pandemic, and maybe the change in behavior and and you know traffic patterns and so forth. So they're still struggling with that. Uh, one product that we have mentioned there is the mirror um, kind of workout product, where you you have the mirror on the wall that you know can do different. Uh, yoga, boxing, you know, uh, different different types of exercises. It's kind of competing with that Peloton product out there for people that are now working out at home. Uh, it only accounts for 5% of their sales, but they anticipate some incredible revenue growth in this product. They've been, you know, advertising the heck out of it. Um, and they, they still have, you know, three priorities, innovation, e-commerce, and market expansion. Uh, they only do about 12% of their sales outside the United States right now, so there's a lot of opportunities as they go forward. But, yeah, we like the company. Um, it, it may have a little bit of a, you know, their, their signal, and it might be a little bit tough for a couple quarters, but I think long-term, uh, you know, pretty good stock to look at. I, I watch the commercials. I'm so intrigued by that uh, workout mirror project. I always think of Cinderella, <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fittest <laughs> of them all. I don't even know how that I'd love to know how that works. Uh, it's just it intrigues me. Not that I want to would go and buy one. And again, this is where the market comes in. I necessarily wouldn't buy one. I'm interested, though, in looking at it and the technology behind it. And uh, I guess a lot of people would find that uh, very good. I don't know how expensive it is, but I think it's something that is very intriguing and part of what are the, again, the new economy, the new kinds of products that are out there and these companies that are producing them for the uh, new economy, I think eventually will be very, very, very successful. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secure. Good morning. You're on WNIR. Yes, I'm calling uh, to see what your position on Boeing I'm considering to buy the stock here at 250 a share, but I thought maybe I could do the uh, 250 put. I'm looking at the May 7th 250 strike. I see $1,100 in the in the call. I'm going to listen to your reply. Thank you. Have a nice day. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we we like Boeing. I mean, we we liked it coming into the pandemic. We we think that air travel will recover. Um, you know, the backlog was there. Uh, there's a lot of older. Uh, airplanes that need to be upgraded by commercial airlines, um, and you know, uh, we we just we think you know Boeing's a leader, and uh, again, good good long term I think uh, play uh, as the economy continues to recover. Um, you know, the stock hit a low back uh, eighty nine dollars last year. You know, at the, at the bottom of the pandemic, and as you said, it's moved back up in the two fifty range. Uh, but if you look out long term, you know, back in 2019, it was trading at 446. I mean, uh, there's there's potential growth uh, ahead of Boeing here if, if the economy continues to recover and air travel and, and traffic patterns come back to uh, you know, what we saw pre-pandemic. 
Let's take another call for Walt Sakara, 330-673-1234. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Morning. What a great uh, subject matter on this inflation. That's been the, that's been my weekly uh, field research on inflation here, and uh, I've been talking to heating contractors, and they told me about their increases on water tanks, sheet metal for the duct work, and their lumber. They got to buy it. They get a price, and they have to buy it right now because in a week uh, they said it will go up, and I priced some lumber some cedar, rough-cut dimensional cedar, and it was un- $360 for two boards. And uh, anyway, the sub- your subject, I I love the, the subject, this inflation business. Uh, what do you think about, I found one that meets my value criteria, as uh, the Barrick Gold, symbol G-O-L-D, pays a dividend, low P-E, it's at the bottom of its range, it's got a... Uh, Anyway, that's kind of, I'm not really into that, but uh, I'm thinking uh, a small position, and that might be wise. What do you think? Yeah, I think Barrick Gold, you know, that was a real nice article in Barron's uh, this week on Barrick. And, uh, you know, it's it's a leader. I mean, their mines are some of the world-class mines, you know, as far as the, the world goes. And, um, you know, again, a well-run company uh, that has uh, shown profitability right through the pandemic and, you know, has a pretty positive outlook, I think, as you look forward. So if you're looking in that space, you know, the mining gold, silver, gem space, I mean, bare gold is definitely a, a one worth looking at. Okay, thank you. Sure. Thanks okay. for calling. 330-673-1234 for Stock Talk with Walt Sakara of the AKW Group in Akron and then Washington, Pennsylvania. Another stock last week, old-time company, Cleveland Cliff, been around forever. Uh, mining company, iron ore, uh, they've been there in the, in the Cuyahoga Valley for as long as anybody can uh, remember, as long as I think the city of Cleveland's been there. Uh, they're actually doing quite well. They had a five-year high in their stock last week. Uh, not a, not exceptionally high, but $19.42 a share, almost affordable. They uh, feel that they have good uh, management there. They're in a strong recovery position. And, of course, if the infrastructure plan goes through in any way, shape, or form, they're going to need the iron ore to make the steel to, to fix all the stuff that's out there. Now, you don't own any Cleveland Cliffs now, but is this a stock worth considering? It, it is, Bob. We've been looking at it, um, being a local company. Um, you know, the CEO there, Lorenco Gonclaves, has done an amazing job transforming uh, Cleveland Cliffs into a key player in the U.S. steel industry. I mean, he's uh, really, uh, that vertical integration um, has been a, a big part. As you said, they, they mine the ore, they turn the ore into iron, uh, they use the iron in their own steel making, and they sell it to other steel companies. So that vertical and horizontal integration is, is a really powerful combination. Uh, if you look at the end market users here, automakers, you know, about 45% of the market share, infrastructure about 15%, distributors and converters 13%, and other steel producers about 27%. So um, very good story for the infrastructure play, uh, for the recovery play, and for a company that really has done a lot to get its story back in place. You know, these these companies don't give up. You know, they go through tough times, but, you know, they try to get leadership in there that can turn things around. And, you know, for our area, you know, seeing, seeing Cleveland, Cliffs turn, Cleveland Cliffs turn the corner is uh, a really good story for uh, Northeast Ohio. 
Another stock that you don't own but uh, looks interesting, uh, Walgreens Boots Alliance. Of course, Walgreens, the drug stores here. I think Boots is the the British chain of drug stores. Uh, they reported some profits, again, in the recent quarter, and they also are looking for more profits in the immediate future. So what's happening at, at Walgreens, and would you consider buying this stock? Yeah, Walgreens, Bob's an interesting story. I mean, there's 21,000 locations in 50 states, 11 countries, as you mentioned, Um this is a defensive holding, and, and I think what's happened is you, you have a lot of foot traffic, you know, going into the stores. Um, I had got my COVID vaccine, my first shot at a Walgreens. It was the easiest way for me to get it, and, you know, they're right in the communities. I think they jumped up, you know, got to the front of the line as far as uh, being able to distribute uh, the vaccine, and, uh, you know, it's getting people back, uh, the foot traffic, traffic going in. As we talked about, you know, Lululemon, some retailers are struggling getting people to come back, so... Uh, when people walk into a Walgreens and they remember what's at a Walgreens, and you know if they can do a good job, you know taking care of people and getting them in and out quick, and they have a good experience, they're likely to come back. So I think there's just the momentum as far as the exposure. Um, you know, it's it's something that's helping some retailers where it's hurting others. Another stock that uh, you do have uh, in your portfolio is uh, Facebook, and Barron's had an article this week called "The Value Inside of Facebook." Uh, what the highlights in that article? Oh, Bob, this is it's an amazing article, and it reminds me, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Facebook. I don't really like the company. I don't really like the platform. I think there's a lot of negativity out there. But uh, when you just look at their core value proposition, which is bringing um, consumers and advertisers together, you, you just can't, you know, you can't ignore it. Um, uh, they have about 3 billion people on their platform now. I mean, it's a... Uh, the largest. I mean, if, if you looked at it as a country, it's the largest country in the world. And they face scandals and regulatory, you know, pressures and activist campaigns. And they still, you know, uh, have shown results and promise. And, you know, they run their company. And in a year, they generate $35 billion of free cash flow. They have no debt. Uh, they have $62 billion of cash on their balance sheet. Uh, they, you have to remember, they own other brands. They own Instagram. they I started their shops platform, which uh, now has over 250 million active buyers. Uh, the WhatsApp, um, WhatsApp uh, app out there that is very popular in other countries. And they also uh, bought Oculus VR, which uh, they have a play in the uh, virtual and augmented reality space. So, you know, when you look at this company and you see the revenue growth, the earnings growth, you see the valuation, which still trades at a pretty reasonable PE compared to other technology companies out there, you just can't ignore uh, the power of, of a company like Facebook. Financial power, attractive valuation. Again, don't like it, but don't have to like it as long as we can make some money with it. And finally, you know, we talk a lot about electric vehicles. Tesla said they shipped a record number of cars recently. But what about the other area of innovation in motor cars, autonomous self-driving vehicles? Uh, is there any opportunity there for an investor? There is, Bob. I mean, we're, you know, I think if you think about the disruption of, um, you know, autonomous vehicles provide more support for drivers. I know that, uh, you know, my Ford F-150 has a very low level where, you know, it kind of corrects me if I'm getting out of the lane. It, it you know, tells me, hey, you know, get a cup of coffee. It's pretty funny. A little thing pops up and says, you know, you're not driving very well. Uh, but when you look at this whole, you know, thought process of these cars that have these cameras and radars and laser sensors and other technologies in there, 
um, it's really going to improve, you know, the driving experience. Over 90% of automobile accidents are caused by the driver. Uh, there's 4.5 million injuries, 36,500 fatalities a year on the road. Um, so these, you know, autonomous type of uh, tools that you have, and there's five different levels of them, um, you know, when you get, everybody thinks of autonomous driving as the last level where you sit in a car and read a newspaper and it takes you somewhere, but there's, there's all kinds of levels before that, which are definitely going to uh, help driving experience. And when you think of all the companies that are really kind of leading the way in that, Tesla, General Motors, Daimler, um, Zooks, which is an Amazon subsidiary, Waymo, which is an Alphabet subsidiary, NVIDIA, Qualcomm, Intel, um, Apple, of course, with uh, Intel is there with their acquisition of Israeli's Mobileye. And so there's a lot of competition in that space and a, and a space we shouldn't forget about. You know, when everybody's talking about electric, you, you can't forget about autonomous as well. Again, the Robert W. Baird Company is a parent company of uh, WaltSecure and the AKW Group. They provide all kinds of services to their clients, estate planning, tax planning, and more. But uh, now that it's springtime, uh, people like to, you know, clean out things, uh, organize things. And if they're going through their taxes, they're going through their financial documents. Uh, what the documents should we keep and what should we throw away? You know, Bob, talk to your tax advisor. Make sure you're not keeping things you don't need to keep. And, again, we really encourage clients here to use the um, – electronic delivery. You know, we store statements for a number of years and tax documents. And um, you always tell people, you know, throw them in a shoebox for a couple months. When I come see, I'll show you what to keep and what to throw away. But it's it's a good time to kind of clean things out. I think we're all pack rates a little bit with our financial affairs. And it, it feels good, you know, to get rid of some things and, and kind of, you know, take some of that paper off of your off your desk and out of your house. Well, Walt, we have Easter now, and the Easter week's coming up. What do you see in the market uh, for the next uh, period? Well, Bob, you know, it'll be a good week. I mean, again, you know, we, we talk a lot about money on the show, but remember, wealth's more than money. It's health, it's happiness, it's loving, caring, sharing, it's prosperity and abundance. It's knowing what we want and enjoying what we have, and we wish everybody a lot of wealth here on Easter. Again, Walt Secure, the AKW Group. Uh, give them a call, 234-466-7476. Tell them we heard them on WNIR Kent Akron. Talk to you next week, Walt. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Alphabet Inc., symbol G-O-O-G-L. Apple Inc., symbol A-A-P-L. Amazon.com Inc., symbol A-M-Z-N. Barrick Gold Corporation, symbol G-O-L-D. Boeing Company, symbol B-A. Cleveland Cliffs Inc., symbol C-L-F. Downloader A-G, symbol D-D-A-I-F. Facebook Inc., symbol F-B. Ford Motor Company, symbol F. General Motors Company, symbol GM. Intel Corporation, symbol INTC. Lululemon Athletica, symbol LULU. NVIDIA Corporation, symbol NVDA. Pelted Interactive Inc., symbol PTON. Qualcomm Inc., symbol QCOM. Tesla Inc., symbol TSLA. Walgreens Boots Alliance, symbol WBA. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from Peloton Interactive Inc., symbol PTON, in the past 12 months.